Hi, welcome to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. This is Rashonda Yates. I recovered from binge eating, lost 50 pounds, and kept it off for over two years. And I'm sharing my best tips, strategies, and tools so that you can end your binge eating once and for all. Today's episode is about the question, should I allow sugar or abstain from sugar? This episode is brought to you by my three-part series, How to Stop a Binge Before It Starts. It's a video training that teaches you how to get through any craving without giving in so you can lose excess weight, have more energy, and eat healthy more effortlessly. I also share the four steps I used to get through cravings that helped me lose 50 pounds and keep it off for over two years. You can get access to all of that at free-videos.rashondiates.com. I came across this question in a binge eating forum and I thought I'd answer it because I thought that probably many of you can relate to this. Um, So the poster wrote, the title of the post is no sugar versus allow sugar. And they write, whenever I decide to not eat sugar, it's not long before I feel deprived and give up and binge. But if I allow sugar, it's too difficult to manage because I'm addicted and feel compelled to binge and say, I'll get back on track tomorrow, but then I don't or can't. I eat sugar and crave it even more and lose control. Um, I don't know about you, but I can 100% relate to this. In fact, I think that this outlines the entire cycle of struggle that we go through around binge eating. So let's break this down. The first part of it is whenever I decide to not eat sugar. So this first segment alone, we can really talk a lot about. The last time that I went through this entire sequence that is described in this question, um, it was uh, about two years ago now, and I had decided that I was going to abstain from sugar. And in my mind, this was a decision that I was making. It was firm. I was going to do this for the rest of my life. I couldn't handle sugar and therefore I was going to just stop eating it. Well, that didn't work out so well. Um, I started having cravings and I tried to deny them. Um, I tried to basically take care of them by eating these. I remember I tried to eat these sweet Um, Zaps potato chips. That's a brand from here in New Orleans. And it's like this sweet onion um, flavored chip, which they are very good chips, but it wasn't what I wanted. And I tried to like fake myself out by eating these chips instead of having sugar. And it ended in this massive binge where I went to Krispy Kreme donuts. I ordered a dozen donuts to eat just by myself and sat outside about three blocks away from a meeting that I was um, attending so that nobody would see me eating the donuts in my car by myself. So this is exactly what happens um, in this cycle. So I think the first thing to address here is what is the reason behind not eating sugar? If you've if you're making that choice, if you're going to make that choice, the question is, what is the rationale behind that? There are multiple reasons why we might abstain from sugar. One of them being, you know, medical, maybe um, you're diabetic, um, maybe you have sensitivities to it. 
Um, Another reason might be that you want to lose weight. Another might be that you feel that it causes you to binge. If your personal rationale for wanting to give up sugar is one of the latter two, if it's for weight loss or for binge eating, then I do have some other perspectives to offer you. Um, And these perspectives are based on partly on research and science, but also partly based on just my own experience. And it's this, there's no evidence to show that giving up sugar is more effective at weight loss than any other diet. And when I'm talking about weight loss, I'm talking about permanent weight loss. I'm not talking about, you know, the ability to lose X amount of pounds, because let's face it, many of us have done that. Many of us have lost 10, 20, 30, 50, 70 pounds. So it's not that it doesn't help you to actually lose pounds. But in terms of permanent weight loss, there is no evidence to support that giving up sugar leads to that. In fact, there's much more evidence that supports the fact that it leads to the opposite. Because what happens is, I mean, just look at this question. Whenever I decide to not eat sugar, it's not long before I feel deprived and give up and binge. I mean, how many of you can relate to this? I can remember myself going through the cycle time after time after time for over 10 years. And this is what happens to the overwhelming majority of people who attempt to give up sugar in order to lose weight. They get, it's not sustainable. They're giving up something that they enjoy eating and they go all in on it. So it's all or nothing and feel deprived and then end up binging. Okay, so you might be thinking, okay, well, sure, I can understand that I've been there, I've done that. But what about when you go ahead and allow sugar and you can't manage it? So the next part of this question is, but if I allow sugar, it's too difficult to manage it because I'm addicted and feel compelled to binge and say, I'll get back on track tomorrow. I think this is where... A lot of us get very stuck in this like kind of game of ping pong going back and forth mentally and obsessing about it in our heads. You're fearful. You know, it's it's a scary thing to just trust yourself with something that you feel like you abuse. And what I want to say about this is, well, just speaking from my own experience, when I actually did this and did it completely. So not halfway, you know, not where I said, okay, I'm going to allow myself to eat anything, but really I continued trying to control it. I, you know, carefully tracked every calorie and weighed every um, ounce of sugar. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about really letting go, letting go of control. If you try that and really give it 100%, you're probably going to find that you're going to achieve something that will actually keep you from wanting to binge. And that something is called satisfaction. 
You see, a lot of times when we binge on sweets after having them, it's because we're not allowing ourselves to experience satisfaction with that food. And it's a very subtle thing because we can tell ourselves, yeah, I'm going to have this and I'm just going to enjoy it. But in the back of our minds, there's this little um, recorder playing on a loop telling us, if I eat this, I'm going to get fat. If I eat this, I'm a bad person. If I eat this, I'm going to binge. And I want you to know that 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 loop that's playing in the background, that's totally normal, but it's garbage. It It's actually literally nothing that you need to pay attention to. And if you can actually call that out and say, you know what, I, I hear that loop playing in the background and it's garbage. It's, it doesn't mean anything. It's not real. You know, I am not my thoughts. I'm the one who's thinking all of these things and I can think other things. Then if you start practicing that, you can start to notice more of a detachment to those thoughts. And in detaching from those thoughts lies enormous freedom and being able to eat whatever you want and not binge. So that's my first, that's your first takeaway from this episode is to begin to practice detachment. We just totally over identify with our thinking and our thinking for the most part is BS. Most of that thinking doesn't mean anything. It's not helpful. It's not useful. It doesn't serve anyone else. It doesn't move us forward. It doesn't get us to where we want to be in life, but it does hold us back. It does keep us stuck. It does keep us in fear. It does keep us in ourselves, um, keeps us focused on ourselves in a negative way. And we really want to be able to start moving towards transcending that and thinking from a higher level of, of consciousness. So let's keep going. Um, the poster wrote, if I allow sugar, it's too difficult to manage it because I am addicted. So this kind of goes back to what I was just talking about, where we overly identify with these thoughts. Okay. The statement, because I am addicted, that is a thought or put it another way. That's a story. That's a story that the poster is telling themselves. And, and I'm not saying that there isn't a destructive pattern of behavior that is extremely compelling because that is that is the reality for this person. And that's the reality for many of us. And it was certainly my reality for many years. But what I am saying is that I didn't realize, you know, for so long, I never realized how much I was identifying with my behaviors, how much I was identifying with my thinking, how much I was basically believing that that's who I was, that these behaviors and that these thoughts were me. And not realizing that this was just learned, you know, not realizing that this is only, it's only me to the extent that I've rehearsed it for years and years and years and years and that this can change. 
And when we don't recognize that this can change, when we don't really believe that this can change, that keeps us stuck more than anything because we are so attached to our thinking. We're so attached to this identity as being addicted. So my next takeaway that I have for you is what if you were to start changing your language? What if instead of saying, I am addicted, try saying my behaviors are addictive. And that simple little distinction, that simple little nuance can start to send a message to your brain that this is not who you are. This is not who you are. This is something that you are currently doing. And it's something that can change. And this will help you to start moving toward the identity of someone who doesn't want to binge. And this is going to tie into the last part of this question that I'll address. I apologize, by the way, for my bird in the background. This was really the only time that I could record. Um, Hopefully it's not too obnoxious. (laughs) But um, before we go there, I want to address this part of I'll get back on track tomorrow, but then I don't or can't. This, I think, is the part of this process that really does the most damage to us when we are trying to overcome binge eating because we keep making this promise to ourselves: I'll get back on track tomorrow and then inevitably we don't so we make you know we think in that moment and we mean it we really do mean it we think that we are committed We think that we've had enough, that we're so disgusted that there's no way we're going to do this again because we've just had this moment of clarity and we're just so firm in that decision that, you know, this is it. No more. This was the last one. Tomorrow, it's a new game. And then when we don't, it undercuts our ability to trust ourselves just a little bit more. And then it happens again and it's a little bit more and again and again until we really almost don't even believe ourselves even as we're saying it. And this fills us with a sense of shame, a sense of self-mistrust, and it can even go as dark and as deep as despair. And this is where I was. This is a place where, you know, you really start to feel like, can anything ever change? You know, is this going to be my life forever? And I want you to know that, yes, it can change. And no, it does not have to be your life forever. But we can start to change the way that we handle binges And it's going to be how we handle binges that is going to start to really start to crack open our ability to just be open to new solutions and new ideas around this, this issue. So what can you do? If you have a binge, maybe instead of saying, that's it, I'm never going to do this again. Maybe just don't say that. Maybe just ask yourself, what can I learn from this? And instead of telling yourself that you're never going to binge again, because you might binge again, by the way, if you do, it's not the end of the world. And just ask yourself, 
okay, I just binged. You know, what can I learn from this? I promise you that is going to move you a lot closer to your goal of overcoming binge eating than um, than making this firm promise that you're going to stop right then and there because it just doesn't work like that. Recovery is really um, a very, very much a spiral um, circular journey. And so it it's better for you to just be honest with yourself. And say, you know, hey, I might binge again, but what can I learn from this right now? And really put on your detective hat and get curious about it. And you could even maybe write some things down if you want. Um, And that's going to take you a whole lot farther, I promise you. Okay, so the last part of this question is, um, I eat sugar and crave it even more and lose control. As I was saying earlier, um, we really tend to identify with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our emotions. Our thoughts really cause our emotions. Um, We say things like, I love chocolate, you know, or or, I hate um, broccoli or whatever it is, you know, and we we believe that these things are true. And there's this thing called subjective bias. And um, there's a book that I love. It's called The Craving Mind. It's by Dr. Judson Brewer. And he did research on mindfulness. um, And he's a practicer of mindfulness himself. And he's also, um, I think, a psychiatrist. I'm not sure about that. He may be either a psychologist or a psychiatrist. But he brings a lot of really um, robust research to the world of mindfulness. And he actually has a couple of programs. He called, he has one called Eat Right Now, which I highly, highly recommend. Um, it's an app. And he has one called um, Craving to Quit, which is to help people stop smoking cigarettes. And anyway, they did a study where they, um, they actually took some um, smokers through a program and they had results that were, I think, five times better than the gold standard for um, smoking cessation. So it's really, really great stuff. But in his book, The Craving Mind, he really builds his entire case about why we get addicted and how we get addicted on the idea of subjective bias. This idea that early on in life, we, we come up with these conclusions about ourselves that we rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and get feedback from the world on until these things and these things become reinforced in us until the point where we actually can even be addicted to these ideas. (laughs) We can become addicted to our biases and basically just identify with them to the point where we think that it's just true. It's just the truth, you know? And in reality, these things aren't the truth. It's just what we have learned. It's just what has been reinforced in our lives. I heard someone say the other day, and I loved this, that anyone who believes something, they have evidence for that belief. And the, the example, the perfect example for that is look at any religion, any religion, whoever believes in that religion they have evidence for that belief. And as someone who's been through multiple iterations of religious beliefs and spirituality, I can tell you for a fact that that's true. (laughs) Um, I can tell you from my own experience. So 
um, when we think, when we say things like, um, you know, I, I eat sugar and I crave it even more and I lose control. These are learned behaviors, learned sensations. These are things that have been rehearsed in our lives. And we start to tell ourselves, this is how it is. This is how I am. This is what I do. So one of the very just um, smallest steps that you can take is to start to change your language about what you're observing in your life. And instead of speaking these things as if they are truth, start to find language that helps you to get curious about what's happening, to observe it a little bit more and speak new things into existence. So those are my thoughts on no sugar versus allow sugar in terms of the psychology behind it, in terms of what we can do to um, in terms of how we can think differently to support ourselves in ending binge eating. But before I let you go, I thought I would share what I do. Um, and this is by no means something that you need to do. Um, I think the first and foremost, you want to focus on um, stopping binge eating. And to do that, I really think that you should not um, have rules and restrictions that are arbitrary around what you eat or not eat. And that's what I did. I actually, um, that story that I shared with you earlier about the donut binge as a result of deciding to abstain from sugar, that was the last straw for me. I recognized that this is a pattern that I had done so many times. Like I kept stopping eating sugar, just like the poster shared in their question. Um, I would feel deprived, everything like I would end up binging. So that was that moment when I was like, okay, I've done this enough times that I now finally will admit that this is not going to work. So I'm just going to try something new. And I decided that I was going to stop binging without restricting anything that I would not have any rules that I would not have any restrictions on my diet whatsoever. And I was able to do that. I was able to find absolute freedom when it comes to food. And to this day, um, I, I eat that way, you know, um, I have, I focus more on my behaviors than I do on my food. I focus actually almost a hundred percent on my behaviors. I eat whatever I want, you know, um, and I just stop when I'm satisfied. And that's not to say that sometimes I don't overeat a little bit. Guess what? That is totally normal. Everybody overeats a little bit sometimes, but it's our thinking, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's the thinking that really sends us spiraling. Um, there's a quote, I don't remember who it is. It might've been maybe Rumi who says there's nothing either good or bad. It's our thinking that makes it so. If you are interested in getting some support from me to coach you through cravings, check out my free mini series, How to Stop a Binge Before It Starts at free-videos.rashondiates.com. I will catch you next time on the Ending Your Binge Eating podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And 
if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools. Over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashandi Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on on another episode. Bye.